Hi, everybody. This is Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. And this week, we have a very old and good friend of mine. His name is Brian Barrick. I met him in 1999 at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, I don't remember what year he was there. I was a freshman, and he was the president of a fraternity that I ended up uh, rushing, pledging, and joining. And uh, every single time I see Brian, it's like we haven't missed a beat, and I feel young and I feel his awesome energy. Uh, so since this is a somewhat spiritual podcast, I just want to say before I introduce Brian that uh, he's just a leader and a teacher and a role model. And, uh, you know, it's pretty impressive. So I hope that uh, comes out through the medium of audio. But anyway, without further delays, here is Mr. Brian Barrick. Brian, how's it going? Uh, it's good, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm excited to interview you. And I forgot to say your occupation, which is that you're very high up in the United States Navy, and I don't know exactly what you do. So why don't we start there? Uh, what exactly do you do for a living? Yeah, so uh, as you said, I'm in the Navy. Uh, I am a commander in the Navy. I work at an acquisition command, and we buy software that helps the Navy do various things uh, in fields that are of interest to my community. I'm an intelligence officer, so things like intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, meteorological operations, and information operations. Awesome. And I hope we have time to ask you a ton of questions about all of that. But before we get into that, first, how old are you? Where did you grow up? And uh, what generation, if any, do you consider yourself a member of? Uh, I am 46 years old. I consider myself a Gen Xer. I think that's fair. I, you know, when you look at the charts, I'm either a Gen Xer or somewhere to the left or right of that. But I think Gen X, when you look at the description, is pretty accurate of who I am, representative of values I have, representative of the experiences I have. I think that's a fair way to describe myself. Cool. And uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Western Pennsylvania. So uh, I've done a pretty decent job in terms of covering up my accent. Uh, it comes out a little bit here and there. Uh, to be honest, I covered it up for so long. I This is how I normally sound now, but this is not how I used to sound. <laughs> so I've replaced the Pennsylvania twang with a nasally cover-up. So I don't think it was necessarily an upgrade. That's funny. Um, and how long have you been in San Diego? Oh, I've lived in San Diego off and on for the better part of 14 years right now. Wow. Uh, you know, the Navy stationed me kind of all over the world. But I've been stationed here in stints where I've been here for five years in a row. I think the current run I'm right now on maybe seven years in a row. So, you know, I've been here for so long. I really consider San Diego home. This is where I live. This is where I'm going to live when I get out of the military. This is, you know, everything I do is here. My social circle is here. My work circle is here. So this is this is home to me. That's awesome. That's really cool. And it's funny, too, that I'm from California and met you in Pittsburgh, and you grew up in western Pennsylvania, right outside Pittsburgh, and now you're in California. But you're in the much better part. I was in the Bay Area, so. Well, certainly the, certainly the cheaper part. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, so I think I'm going to start with why uh, you are on the podcast right now, which is you actually approached me and said, hey, I have a great story. I think it would fit your podcast. So no worries if it does not. I actually told you on purpose, don't even hint at it. Don't tell me at all what it's about. Let's just open with that. So if you don't mind, uh, what is that story? Yeah, so this is kind of a bizarre story. Uh, I thought it might be of interest for your podcast. I, I, you know, I wanted to tell it. So this requires a little bit of a preamble. So Go ahead. please indulge me for about five minutes while I run through this. You absolutely have that right. And you're a great storyteller. So I, I'm... I'm Popcorn's in my hand. All right. So 
for a number of years, I was married. I was married to a lady I met when I first got stationed in California back in 2003. I was stationed here before then, but that's when I first met her. Uh, her name was Rachel. Uh, we started talking and we started dating. Dating led to marriage and we were married for a number of years, uh, almost a decade and a half. In the summer of 2019, Rachel's health took a downturn and we weren't quite sure what was going on you go through the standard stuff when you go to the doctors and the doctor's visits lead to operations and the operations lead to more doctor's visits and you're kind of in the cycle of a person's in and out of the healthcare system where they are sick they go to a medical facility a medical facility diagnoses them with something they go and get treated they deal with the treatment they observe the treatment and it doesn't work and you rinse and repeat Rachel's health deteriorated pretty considerably from that point into when she passed away, which was the 1st of January, 20, uh, 2020. And in Rachel's last few weeks alive, her health was in pretty dire straits. Now, a little bit of background on where I was, both mentally and physically while this was going on. I was assigned to a ship. The ship was on the East Coast. It was originally deployed, and then it was on the East Coast. So we call it in the Navy Geo Batch, which is where you are physically away from your family, but your home of record is considered the home your family lives in, which is here in San Diego. So I was flying from the Hampton Roads area to San Diego once about every two to three weeks. And that went on for the better part of five months. Wow. The Navy was very supportive of me doing that for obvious reasons, right? They are, they have husbands and wives. They have daughters and sons. They're human beings. They totally understand what's going on. Rachel, unfortunately, passed away while I was in the process of literally moving out here. So the Navy had agreed to transfer my tour from where I was to out here is it would be less strain on the service and it would be less strain on the service member and it'd be less strain on the family. So basically by transferring me to a command that was out here, they were able to kind of make it right for everybody. I would be here. I could respond to stuff. I'm here. I wouldn't have to constantly be leaving my tour to come out here to deal with stuff. And, and to be honest, I was coming out here and, going to medical appointments and going to surgical operations and stuff like that. So Rachel dies. I end up getting in, a, in my vehicle and I drove across America in about three and a half days, which is actually relatively quick. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody's done that drive, it should be a five to seven day drive. And I did it in three and a half. So I, you know, I would drive till exhaustion, stop and stay in a hotel, sleep for four hours, get up, back on the road, drive to exhaustion, sleep, get up, rinse, repeat. Wow. So I come out to my home. My career, for the most part, is in disarray. My life is in complete disarray. Nobody plans on being a widower, right? Nobody. And you certainly don't plan on being a widower at a young age. That's all the preamble. Let me tell you the story I was going to tell you. Yeah. So I come here at the time we had two dogs and one of those dogs was Rachel's dog. It 
she was always closed with Rachel. She was tied to Rachel. Everything about her was about Rachel. She was with her. And I think when Rachel died, it kind of broke her heart. Mm. Well, that dog started having really violent seizures. I think about a day, maybe a day and a half after I got here, she started having really violent seizures. I take her to the vet. The vet says, you got to put her down. Now, this is literally in a span of a week. I have transferred tours, which more or less was not intended to be, but was the end of my career because I broke in a milestone tour that I was in, Mm. which to a board does not look good. So you will not get promoted in the Navy when you do that kind of stuff. Okay. So my career is over. I come here. My wife is dead. My life is in disarray. And now one of my two dogs, who I was very close with, she now dies. So I'm leaving the vets, and this was probably, I think I had been here maybe, I think, three days at this point. And from when I got to San Diego, I literally walked into my home, and let's say that the family members that were here maybe weren't doing the best in terms of looking out for either Rachel or for myself. Uh Uh-huh. There was stuff missing from my home. There were post-it notes over things in my house. Wow. That people were like, oh, this is mine. People were taking things out of here. There were moving trucks literally outside, moving stuff out of my home. Now, this is while I'm trying to deal with all of this. So to to say I was in shock from when I got back to San Diego would be an understatement. Yeah. But you just kind of go into a mode where you just start taking care of things, and it doesn't really affect you. Mm. it's not to say that it didn't affect me but it's like almost like a shark with their blinders you don't think about it just do right totally so i'm running hard for probably three days at this point now this is on top of the drive that i just did across the country so i think at this point i'm on day six or seven in this whole thing since she had passed away i'm operating on maybe two to three hours of sleep a night and and it's not even really good sleep at that it's kind of just like exhaustion wake up go do more and then this thing happens with my one dog (laughs) this is the story so that's that's all the background this is the story i mean it's great i'm totally hooked so Yeah. yeah thank you i'm leaving i'm leaving the vet and i drive out and i think to myself wow you this hasn't like you're emotionally not affected by this and it just it caught me off guard that i had this thought for a second Mm -hmm. and then i felt a tidal wave come of emotion come over me like i've never felt in my whole life it was like every emotion on the spectrum of emotion hitting all at once and it was it was intense it was scary it was like i had a complete loss of control of my whole body experiencing this thing going on and as clear as i tell you i swear as clear of a thought as i've ever had i literally said to myself that's it i'm gonna kill myself wow just like that like boom and it was it was like a moment of clarity like that's it this is your life's over do it as soon as that thought came into my head as soon as it hit me read into this whatever you want some might say it's your brain playing a trick on you. Some might say it's divine intervention. Some might say it's an angel. Some might say it's a spirit. Whatever you want to read into it. I felt something come up behind me. 
pushed on my back, almost like somebody was hugging me. Mm. Wrap around my body, squeeze me, and then pull away. The second that happened, that thought went out of my head. The emotion of the moment left my body, and I was done. Wow. So I tell that to people. People have a different interpretation of it. Some people assume that that is God. Some people assume that's a life force. Some people assume that's my brain. Some people assume it's whatever. Whatever you want to interpret it, that's the story. It's it's utterly incredible. And uh, it. I mean, I know what it does to me is it may... I, I am a person who wants to have faith and believe in divine intervention, as you phrased it, um, and angels, like both. Um, just this idea. And I mean to add it even further, like a more of a Disney brushstroke, you know, it's Rachel. She's yeah. hugging you. Like that's my interpretation. I, I don't see how anyone could hear it any other way with their heart turned on louder than their skeptical mind. You know? Yes. That was, that was, you know, my read of it was basically the same thing, but it, it was, it was hearing gone. Like it was mm. very strange. And, and I say that strange, not necessarily in a bad way. It was, it was strange in the sense that I, to be honest, it's, it's not that I'm not a believer. I'm a believer of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a pragmatic person when it comes to things that my brain, the first place it goes to is some kind of rational solution to something. Like, this occurred, this is why. This occurred, this is why. And, and I do believe in things like divine intervention. I believe in things like angels. I believe in God all of that but when that occurred it was like wow and it just it just froze me it shook me it it shook me to my core it locked me up and i mean it's to me it's evident uh and i'm sure it is to you as well but it it changed you i mean you're changed like you you remember it you've told it to other people you asked to tell it on the show uh so i would kind of i'm just curious how how did it change you aside from what i just said like did it give you confidence anything like that no, it's just, it, I, I guess in the end, it, so really the answer to that is short-term and long-term change. Short-term, it was, it was almost like, get this nonsense out of your head, mm. right? Long-term, I felt, and this is something that was said during her funeral, you may have lost somebody, but you gained a hell of a guardian angel. I feel that's true. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's true. I think there have been examples since then where I've asked for clarity, I've asked for anything, I've asked for perspective. And, and to be fair, I've always been a fairly open mind about things. So they may not necessarily do certain things, but I don't certainly have a, uh, a restricted perspective on something, mm-hmm. right? I like, I, I like people of all different backgrounds. I like people of all different races. I like people of all different religions. I like people that have different political views. I like people that have different personal views than me. If you look at my friend circle, it's really, it, it's a melting pot of different ideas and cultures and people and thinking and ways of life. And I like that. So I've never been one to hear something and reject it because it doesn't fit a particular cookie cutter diagram of how i see life that's cool that's very but, fair yeah sorry go ahead yeah no I, so i don't i don't look at life that way yeah and, and and to be fair maybe i did when i was younger but i i certainly don't now 
No, you know what's funny is I, I don't think you did when you were younger because I was what I was trying to convey in the interview was like uh, I am a skeptical and pretty much like fraternity hating kind of person uh, was growing up was going into college and you didn't like flim flam sales me into it. Uh, the very quality you just said is why I was willing to give it a chance and it worked out. Um, you are incredibly like open um and you open relationships and friendships i've seen you do it uh more than just in our fraternity so um it's incredible i i i want to ask you the pivotal question of the podcast which is what do you think happens when you die and it's so heavily tied into it that i'm really curious um what do you think happens when we die well so this is something i think a lot about right mm -hmm. <laughs> when you have death like this happen yeah you, you know death like this you you think about the afterlife I, I believe in an afterlife. What that looks like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you two things with fair degree of certainty. Do I believe there's a God? Yes. What that God is, whether it's a Christian God, whether it's an energy, whether it's some kind of life force, who knows? I think it's probably easiest and your brain processes it a certain way to vision it as a religious God, mm -hmm. like a Christianity God, a, a Muslim God, a, a you know, something like that, because it, it's almost like God is a reflection of you. They're a human being or they look like a human being. And number two is I'm not that entity. Mm. Those are the only two things I'm certain of. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, wow. And so I, I assumed when I had you on the podcast, we were going to talk about the fact that you're a, a widower. Um, but I wasn't, you know, going to force your hand or anything. Um, I, I am curious, like, as a friend, like, what what could your friends have done better for you? Like, what, what advice can you give people? Tailor your advice to a young person, because that's what made it so heartbreaking for all your friends. Hey, everyone. If you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Uh, I, the one thing I would say is I think when you're young – you look at friends like you almost look at a resource and you think you need more and more and more and more. And I will tell you that in the circle that I ran with, with Rachel, mm -hmm. the circle was massive, right? Massive. And death does a weird thing. It shows you the true nature of a person, right? Mm -hmm. My circle is not as big anymore. Some people have chosen not to be a part of my life. I think it's that they wrestle with the fact that she's no longer alive. They need somebody to blame, and I become a tangible target. Mm. Now, and I say this, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't cause her health issues. I was completely supportive of her issues. Yeah. I basically cashed in my life to try to save hers. And to be fair, I'd do it again. Yeah. Knowing everything I know, I would not change a single thing, right, within my control. To your question of what can a person do differently, I would say focus on building quality over quantity. Mm. I would much rather have five rock solid friends than 500 poor ones. Right? Yeah. The people that will come to your side, that will stand by your side, are the ones that will show you their true nature, their true character. You want to judge a person? Judge a person by their character. Judge a person by their integrity. Judge a person by their perspective, right? Yeah. Wow. There, good, there's a good quote that, uh, that um, Tyler Perry has. 
And I'm going to dork this quote, but <laughs> it's something to the effect of think of yourself like a rocket ship, right? And you're traveling up into the cosmos. And as you go up, boosters are coming off. And those boosters are your friends. You're not using them. They're just not meant to go to the altitude you're traveling to. That's cool. That's really interesting. The timing of this conversation is incredible because I'm going through a lot of positive life changes. Um, my wife is nine months pregnant. We're, you know, like six, seven weeks away from delivering our second kid together. And uh, I'm kind of shifting around things in my career. And I'm just like seeing no, no, no friendships are ending, but I'm seeing like avenues of friendships, like strengthening in certain areas and then uh, weakening in others. And I'm, I'm having trouble letting go of like exactly what we're talking about, which is, um, you know, like, again, to go back to like how I qualified you in the introduction to you, you're just this person I know that like you're a phone call away. And I know you know that about me as well, which is awesome. That's a great bond to have. And um, if at any point, I needed your assistance or help. I know that you would at least entertain what I was asking. Yeah. Well, I, you, you look back to our time at Pitt, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we've had these conversations with our friends from that time, that book back then and since then, you know, that was, it was magic in a bottle. Mm -hmm. It was lightning in a bottle. It, it was the right formula. We were the right people to be around each other. Yeah. But I also believe that the people that are in your life are in there to do something. Somebody's either in your life to help prop you up teach you something or shape you to do your next thing right? yeah and it's not that people are tools or to be used as a tool but people around you certainly make you better you are both a product of yourself and your environment and your environment is strengthened or weakened by the people you surround yourself with if you surround yourself with negative thinkers bad people that want to do harm and aren't good that's going to influence you it's going to shape you that energy is going to affect you if you surround yourself with people that care or genuine or good, try, have good hearts, through or thoughtful, or innovative or whatever you're looking for, you're going to start to replicate those characteristics and mannerisms. Mm -hmm. You start. That's how, that's, how, that's how it works, right? Yeah. So young people that are listening to this, the one thing I would say is surround yourself with people that challenge your beliefs. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that will tell you when you want to do something. You don't want a circle of people that are just yes men that are going to agree with everything you said. The reason that I felt I had a good relationship with Rachel is Rachel would call me on my bullshit, <laughs> right? She would, and that's fine. I would do it to her too. That's a sign of a good partnership, right? You work towards a partnership. It's not, you know, people say marriage is tough. I don't agree with that. Any relationship is work. I think that's a more accurate statement. If you go into something with a fresh mind and perspective and you're willing to talk to somebody and more important, listen, and by the way, hearing and listening are different cognitive processes, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you're willing to listen to somebody, you, you might learn something. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. That doesn't mean you have to do everything they say. But you, you have to be able to grow as a person. You're either, I, there was a guy I worked with years ago. He had a way of saying it where, and I, I won't go this far. I've already dropped the S word. I won't drop the F word. <laughs> but he either said, you're either bleeping getting better or you're bleeping getting worse. Mm. A, and that's kind of true. Like, and think of that in any regards. Think of that with regards to your health, to your mental state, to your physical state, to a relationship you have, to a work you have. You don't like something, go do something else. Right? Yeah. 
you have to be honest with yourself. It, you know, people get involved with relationships, romantic or friendship, and they just kind of stay committed to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's not working, just move on. That's the mature thing to do. Totally. And I kind of have one last question to tie into the military with everything we talked about, um, which is when you have an open perspective and then you also have your job where you're uh, in, in intelligence, intelligence is gathering information, listening, understanding like both normal plotting and negative plotting and stuff like that. Like, how is it hard and how do you stay positive when your job and a lot of like your career is around like, I don't want to say like catching bad guys, like we're in some stupid action movie, but like literally from the perspective of the United States, like working and interacting with and trying to stop evil actors in our world. My job is I'm an advisor. Mm -hmm. People will tell you that intelligence work and I, I'm not doing pure intelligence work right now. I'm doing more like program management kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, my line of work is in intelligence, right? So if you, if you look at it, the way that you do it is you are advising people based on what's going on. I would submit to you that intelligence officers possess the great ones, possess certain skills that you build up that enable you to remain positive. I don't think it's affected me in a negative way at all. For example, your ability to critically think, why is a person behaving a certain way? Why are they saying certain things? Why are they doing this? Understanding intent is incredibly hard. A good intelligence professional can understand intent and tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. A super good intelligence professional or great intelligence professional, and then advise you of what they think your course of actions could be and the potential outcome of that. Nothing is ever black and white. Everything is gray, Mm -hmm. right? Everything in this world is gray. Nothing's ever 100% this or 100% that. It's a mix of the two things, right? But you have to be honest with the people around you. Now, whether they choose not to listen to you, whether they have motives, whether they have other things that they're going off of, so be it. You don't control somebody's actions. You do control your own intent. And so for me, I've never felt conflicted at mm-hmm. all about what I do. I've never felt that I couldn't voice my opinion. Mm. I'm actually a pretty loud person. So <laughs> like I'm the guy that will go into a meeting and just start piping off off the top. <laughs> it even happened this morning. Clark. Who knows, right? But, but I, you know, it's just, it's how it is. I don't, I, I live my life unapologetically. I'm mm. not, the way I think of it is, I'm not that good of an actor. Mm. So I can't play a role at work and then come home and be at home, Brian, and have a work, Brian. I know people do that and they do it for various reasons. And if you listen to any leadership podcast or, or series, or you listen to anything on professional environments and they say, don't do this, guard against yourself, people use it against you. What is somebody going to use against me? That I'm a toy collector? <laughs> Go right ahead, right? So, like, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't embarrass me to talk about those things. That's who I am. To me, that is the flavor on my life that makes me a unique person. Otherwise, I'm just some cookie-cutter schmo that's pumped off the line like everybody else. Yeah. Be who you are. Be unapologetically weird. Be, a, be true to yourself. If you want to write, write. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to dance, dance. 
if you want to sit in your house and be a curmudgeon, guess what? Knock yourself out. I'm sure there are kids playing wiffle ball somewhere that'll knock a ball in your yard. But be who you are as a person. I, I don't. I don't live. It's I don't live my life in these segmented areas where I behave a certain way here and I behave a certain way there. And to be fair, if you're looking for advice to give to people, that's what I would say to them. Be who you are. Right. Well, that's a great note to end on. And uh, I definitely think that in the weirdest way, like you haven't changed at all. And yet you've completely changed. I would just say you've evolved, but you've absolutely stayed who you are. And the person who you are is an incredibly integrity driven, humorous, funny, loving person who really takes almost anyone under their wing. And, uh, I loved your ranting advice at the end because it's exactly what I remember about you. And you're such a good motivator. And I was just sitting here getting pumped up and it's because it comes from your heart and it's really accurate and real. So thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing really intimate details about what is a horrible loss in your life and um, something that, you know, scars us, but scars aren't always bad. So um, thank you again. And thank you for inspiring me and inspiring our audience with uh, your take on it and also in hopes that they're going to hear it with the right lens. So um, if anyone's interested in meeting Brian, uh, I think he's on some social medias and stuff. You can try to find him. But uh, he's not here to hawk anything. He's not running for office. So I will just end the podcast here. My name is Mike Oppenheim. You have been listening to Cop and Talk. The best way to support the show is to head over to MikeyOp.com. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. And sign up for the free or even better premium subscription service, which comes with podcasts and essays and other stuff. Um, much love to everyone listening. Thank you again. And we will see you soon.